1: talk about beer. And this week, Bob Hawke, as I head along to the newly opened Bob Hawke Beer and Leisure Centre to chat with co-founder of Hawks Brewing, Nathan Lennon. Hawke's Brewing has been a business that we have followed closely, if quietly, at Brews News. There's no shortage of slick PR-driven media releases announcing new brands landing in our inboxes here. So when a media release dropped from two former New York-based creative directors five years ago, announcing a new beer to be named after former Prime Minister Bob Hook, it's fair to say we were a little sceptical about the substance to the brand. However, five years down the track, the business has achieved what many brands fail to do, built a brewery, and recently added to it with the Leisure Centre. The brewery, which we don't get to discuss much in this episode, as it would almost take a full episode of itself to deal with the environmental focus they have woven through it, is impressive but the Leisure Centre is an immaculately executed paean, not just to Bob Hawke, but to a time in Australia that Bob Hawke came to represent. It is wonderfully kitsch, but never gaudy, and lifts the bar for brewery hospitality another notch. Together with their fundraising for Landcare, it's a brand that could easily have been a one-trick pony, but the people behind it have fleshed it out substantially, and, as a former cynic, I wanted to catch up with Nathan to deep dive into the brand and the philosophy and what drives a business? It's a great chat about executing a creative vision for a brand, a business, and a legacy. And I hope you enjoyed it. And if you get there, the Bob Hawke Leisure Centre, just as much as I did.
0: Nathan Lennon, welcome to Beers a Conversation. Thanks, Matt.
1: As we sit here at the Bob Hawke Beer and Leisure Centre in uh, Marrickville, that's just opened.
0: Yeah, that's right. We're uh, we're five days in now. Opened last, last Thursday on the 31st of March. It's, um, one week before our fifth birthday. So
1: fifth birthday is uh, of the brand and the brewery.
0: Yeah, exactly. Of the launch of the the company itself. People have been asking us. Are we going to throw a birthday party? And I think it's, uh, everyone's just too exhausted from the opening (laughs) last week. So yeah, we'll note that. We'll note that, um, internally tomorrow. But, uh, it's been, (laughs) it's been a big week. It's been a big five years.
1: Absolutely. Well, we haven't actually spoken to you uh, at length about the the history of the brand. So we've got five years that we want to cover and particularly, you know, at this remarkable venue. So we have um, written about you, but maybe just go back and tell the, you know, the the origin story of Hawke's Brewing Company.
0: Yeah, told this a few times. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so look, this started as a conversation that David and I were having whilst we were working and living overseas in New York and pretty much in our dream job over there. Because you were working with Droga 5? Yep, Droga 5 is is an advertising agency over there. And a Australian creative agency as well, if if, if that's not a tautology. Incredibly incredibly lucky um, to be creative directors at that place and um, a lot of the work that we were doing over there definitely had a purpose to it that felt very much more, very connected to what's happening in society and culture. So I think that probably played a huge part in probably having a sense of purpose behind what we eventually were going to find ourselves doing as, a, as business owners. Yeah, we were sitting there one morning essentially on a, you know, really cold January day and snowing outside and I'd just come back from from Australia actually, um, you know, on a, on a three, week, three week trip back home and the weather was beautiful and I sort of found myself with the blues and really really homesick and and um, anyone that's lived overseas for an extended period of time has has those moments about home no matter where they're from but in Australia it was you know piping hot 28 degree days and I wanted to be on the beach and yeah I turned to Dave and and started complaining to be honest and he was probably just trying to put his head down and keep working as he as he does and I just said Dave just humor me for one second and you know if you could be having um, a beer with anybody back home right now, who would it be? I'd be really interested to know your answer and yeah, he turned to me and, you know, we know what he said um, and, you know, Bob Hawke, as soon as he said that, that was a lightning bolt for me because, you know, that's exactly who I'd want to have a beer with and it was a weird moment for us because it's like we quickly acknowledged why did we just pick an 85-year-old politician? <laughs> of all the people that we could possibly have a beer with in this day and age and then we just started speaking about our childhoods to be honest
1: now just to set the scene how old are you how old are you both i, I should say
0: we're both 44 or i think day's 43 but yeah so, so grew up in the, 40s, yeah. so grew up in the 80s and a but young
1: in the 80s as opposed to yeah, teenage
0: age. 80s. young but formative years um the golden the golden years of childhood really um so an, an incredible period of life for us but an incredible period of 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 life in australia um when bob was leading the country and um i think we spoke not just about bob but also um what we remember about that time um and i guess as kind of um marketers you quickly start to kind of build conversations around values and um you sort of can't help it and then Before we knew it, we were also talking about that that Bob still held a lot of connection back to um, Australians even at that age because he'd pop up at the cricket every now and again and do his little party trick in front of everybody. And, you know, I think we were like, you know what, everybody knows that he likes downing a beer but that's not what it's about for us. I think it was this authentic and genuine connection that he was able to have create with with the Australian people that really stood out as what made people love him so much. I don't think people actually appreciate, um, unless they know a lot about Bob, just what an incredible leader he was and how much foresight he had in terms of economy and, and environment. But we sort of knew that and, and I think all these things started kind of like swirling around for us to, to, the, to the point of a conversation where we were like, He's got so much reach and he's got that ability, I think, through just the simple act of kind of having a beer in how he changed things in his early days in, in the unions in just having beers with people and, and, and listening and providing some influence. And that for us felt like, well, we'd worked on beer in the past. We'd, we'd done a lot of work with, with line brands. And I think from a brand point of view, there were so many things that felt right. So, we essentially just thought, wouldn't it be interesting if, if Bob was at the forefront of his own beer company? But he's 85 years old. You know, there's, there's no way he's going to just wake up one morning and do that. So, essentially, we, I guess, rolled the dice on, on a Hail Mary email.
1: Well, I was going to say, cause there's a huge difference between thinking, I want to have a beer with this person, and wouldn't it be cool yeah. if he had his own beer, to giving up what I would imagine is the relatively secure life of a creative director for a global creative agency, and throwing all of that in on a beer brand, yeah. even a beer brand in an upswing.
0: Without a without a yes, by the way, at the time, as we sent the sort of proposal over through a mutual friend um, who backed us, who backed us on it we actually made a pact we shook each other's hands and said look if bob gets back to us with with anything but a a hard no there's no way we'll walk into david Droger's office and we'll and we'll quit and we'll chase down that we'll chase down his blessing and three days later we got an email back via our contact through blanche bob's wife because bob didn't know how to use a computer (laughs) and and we um we got a it sounds quite interesting um i'm not really sure about it but
1: So, so how did you? Would you be willing to share these? um, Yeah, the, the initial email.
0: Yeah, well, the three pager. It was a three pager, and it was essentially. And I think that we, maybe we've gotten better at articulating it over time into kind of what this is really all about and why we even exist. Better at articulating, or has it evolved a little bit over the time? I don't think it has. I think what drove the idea and the business wasn't necessarily Bob Hawke. It was. It was essentially our absolute unbridled and undying love for our country and you know we we wanted to show bob that that we that that's what we shared with him and that we believe that um beer is an a is an opportunity to bring people together um built around the right values and an ability to turn you know beer drinking moments into contributions that give back as a purpose because we knew that there's no way bob would probably want to set up a beer company with a couple of young blokes um youngish blokes without some some purpose behind it that that felt like a really important legacy play so all that was all that was already in there so that's beautifully enunciated now what was your pitch and, and
1: so 5 years ago the business started how long before you actually started did you pitch to to bob
0: yeah so the initial email out to to hawkey was Probably about four months before, yeah, that four week, months okay. before we, yeah, kind of got to sit with him. The thing with Bob at the time, he was old. Mm. Um, and we knew that time wasn't on our side. So we hustled pretty hard. We got the maybe. We quit our jobs two weeks later, told, told David Droger that we were setting up a beer company with Bob Hawke. He's already said yes. So we lied. <laughs> um, and he gave us his, you know, good well wishes. And, and then we, just went to town on on putting together, a, you know, the pitch of our lives essentially and sitting in Bob's kitchen um, in April of 2016, six years ago, um, to the day actually. It was the April 5th. So, wow, okay. six years ago today we were Happy sitting in Bob's. Thanks. <laughs> essentially an e- expanded business case around um, Hawks, which at the time we'd probably only really foresaw as as, as maybe a two-skew as a two skew business well that's kind of essentially did what we did you know in. what
1: a skew was at that stage
0: yeah of course we'd worked on we worked on okay. beer in the past yeah yeah, okay. yeah yeah um that's probably the extent of my of my beer terminology anyway mate but, but you didn't
1: come uh, apart from having done creative for a beer and understanding the emotional pull from the creative agency side of
0: beer th- the business side of it completely green yeah. okay a couple of couple of creatives um within a you know protected creators within a within a, a a business um so we knew that we knew that we were in over our head um but we also knew that throughout our careers we were never the smartest in the room and that through hard work and being able to hopefully build a business where we could get smart people around us that we'd we'd get somewhere and i think When we put the business in front of Bob and the brand and and we're very clear about it not being too sycophantic, that it was going to have his face on it, but ultimately it was about the values that he represented and that we didn't just see it as his legacy, but we saw it as a piece of our own, that it had to have a lot of us in it. And obviously the, the give back component was important to us, but we certainly didn't make any presumptions as to what charity that would be. The key slide around that had Landcare as the image, but we left it up to Bob um, to determine out of a list of, of, of um, charities that we could have partnered with what that might be. Why was giving back important to, to, to a
1: business? Because businesses can and do found without that element of it.
0: Look, for us, I think we just, we'd experience working on some brands over in the States where for the first time we'd done work that stretched outside of people in our industry caring and, and it was the best feeling that we'd had at that time where we felt that through creativity and through building brands that we could stretch outside of getting any kind of recognition just from an adver- the advertising industry and that we'd actually be able to create impact somewhere. So for us, that was the best feeling. Um, so we just thought if we were ever going to set our own thing up, that it had to have that component to it. And that doesn't necessarily always need to mean that you have to give back to charity. Sometimes it could mean that you're just standing for something and that you're drawing a line in the sand. But for us, the idea of taking um, something, like a metric as, as selling a beer and having that convert to um, whether it's planting a tree, whether it's dollars back to certain projects, the, the economy of that felt really straightforward. Um, we hadn't really thought about the business case around it, but we did like the simplicity of something like that. And Bob being the economist that he was, um, you know, kind of really understood that as a small startup business that, um, you know, we were going to be in the hole for a long time, particularly in an industry where margins are slim. So that's where his generosity in in essentially passing along all of his royalties to allow us to support or at least as a baseline to support the land care partnership that's where that came from because he was like it's going to take a long time before you guys get your nose in front of the line i've done well i don't want any money out of this but i want to see this succeed but if i you know if 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 i don't do this to kind of help you guys out then you know, you're gonna find it tough. Mm. So yeah, he was really kind, um and clever about that. And yeah, he literally called the Landcare CEO th- that very afternoon after we'd after we'd sort of given been given his blessing and he literally just called up the CEO and said, Yeah, so I've started my own beer company and we're gonna um I've surrendered all my royalties and we're gonna give back to support landcare, landcare Australia. And um Let's work out a let's work out a structure um for the guys to be able to do that as they grow. Um, ultimately, I see this becoming national. He had ambitions for even for us. Um, and in the meantime, let's work out how we can how we can kind of do that to ensure that the business can grow, but as they get bigger, you guys get more.
1: A- am I right in taking away that the beer business came out of the conversation that that you both had that who you want to have a beer with as opposed to going. Would't it be great this craft beer thing is taking off? wouldn't it be great to have a beer business? How do we make that work? you know how do we what course can we hook our wagon to kind of thing?
0: It wasn't about seizing on a category. I think it made sense to us anyway because we felt like if there was anything that we would gonna we were gonna lose sleep over every single night of the week, it would be running a beer company. <laughs> you know like
1: it's not quite widgets or something like that.
0: Yeah, it felt very it felt very authentic to David and I. And we loved our beer and we'd started our craft journey, you know, a few years earlier through working on on, on Squire um, at line and meeting Chuck Hahn and, and and being taken through the gamut of of what beer can be. And you know, he's if you've passionate met passionate advocate if, for that isn't he? If you've met Chuck, you'll you know he's incredibly romantic about um about that and you know, we were we were drawn in by sort of that meeting and and i think that stuck with us as, as well but in terms of our understanding of the of probably the business side of the category were we were on we had surface knowledge but um trust me like go, going into it uh we were pretty green and, and so much has changed in even
1: the five years or the six years um that you've been conceiving this 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 company it's uh, so crowded uh, as a marketplace that having a brand that's built around somebody like Bob Hawke um you know it, there's a strength to that
0: yeah i mean we we're, we're blessed in the sense of bob certainly helped us get some conversations happening it helped us open doors and initiate conversations even from a sales point of view you know we get we get no favors um, at the end of the day, because we have an ex prime minister as, as as an ambassador for the for the company, we get a an, an interesting um, or an interested response. But the rest is hard work, and the rest is just is is essentially like everyone else has to do it. And it's ultimately about building the relationships. Um, we have to get the one hundred ones right. If anything, I actually think that it, in some ways, could have been an impediment because it could have been seen as a gimmick we could have get written off as as a as a summer promotion idea
1: as you know that that was the way that we initially uh, approached it you know we as i've said to you we get about 50 or 60 media releases a year from new brand ideas yeah that, uh, if, if it if it starts with the, the the idea for a beer company and how do we then sell it um 49 of that those 50 fade very very quickly and uh you know Without being too cynical, there can be a laziness in just having a gimmick and a charity partner and then that was it. So that was something that we, you know, you certainly got no favours from us in in the early days as we stood back and sort of watched uh, as you guys developed.
0: Yeah, well, you know, um, it takes time to get to know a brand and to get to, get to know a, pe- uh, a business and the people behind it. We, we knew that 99% of, of, of beer businesses are started by brewers. So we... We start we we realized that the way in which we're approaching this was was very unique, coming from a completely different industry. and so for us, uh, you know we knew that there was a bit of an uphill battle after that. We got an incredible media launch and it's it's what we do, right? That's part of our background is 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 creating those media relations and getting and getting PR and and whatnot. But when the dust settles and the and the media stops, you're left with the reality of, of a startup business in in the craft beer industry, you know, so you have to work your guts out and and you have to kind of learn um, the rules. Uh, we were incredibly lucky to have Justin on board. Um, and then Justin Fox, who yep. was
1: the head brewer at that stage? Yeah, che- chief, chief brewer, chief yeah. Brewer, yep.
0: Yeah, so having Justin on, on board to write the recipes but also bring his advocacy to what to what we were doing was was incredibly important to at least create start to build the build the bridges um, to, within the within the industry, um, and the fact that we won the AIBA trophy the, the I think the following year,
1: eighteen months uh, later from memory. Yeah,
0: just help build some of the credibility. But it's tough when you're a gypsy brewer in contract brewing because I think until you've got your own home and you've got your own equipment and you're doing it yourself. There's just that missing piece, right? Well, again, everyone starts off saying that they're going to open a brewery and most of them don't. You know, well,
1: we're, we're, we're sitting here in a very impressive brewery uh, now, so obviously you, you was, delivered
0: that. It was the only way that we could have done it, mate. You know, like no one would have been foolish enough to to give David and I five to $6 million to set what we've set up over the last six months and we wouldn't have taken it anyway. We would have been too shit-scared, Um so for us, just the the model in which we um, in which we grew out of was was essential, but it also meant that it was going to be a long journey. You know it was going to be really it was about proving I guess concept uh, and it was about kind of building enough longevity where we could eventually draw in good people to be able to come on the journey with us and ultimately start to get some capital coming in through through investment. Um, and just a lot of people believing that um, where we were headed, that we would make it and that we would get there and we just needed kind of people to believe in that journey. Bob passing in 2019 was a huge moment as well because a lot of people were asking now that he's not here, what happens now? And it's like, well, this is exactly what this is. This is exactly what this business is about. It's about legacy. It, it was never about um, celebrating Bob Hawke dead or alive it was about kind of the legacy that you leave behind so we always knew that there was a power in it but when you're little you know it's and you and you don't have the 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 budgets or the resourcing to be able to communicate at the heart of 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 what it is that you're that you stand for it's it's just hard it's hard to get the to get the right things out there to the right people at the right times now you did
1: say that most Breweries are started by brewers, which is true. But at the same time, the craft brewing industry sort of had that garage band mentality, where it was brewers who was passionate for the beer. Mm. Um, but then some of the, you know, brand wasn't strong. Some of the business, you know, the, the messaging wasn't strong. It was, uh, beer will c- carry our business forward. And then you see a business like yours launch where it was a very solid, um, central idea, but the execution of that was very professional. So you may not have come from a beer background, but you brought something uh, very influential to an industry that probably needed that. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about how you conceive a brand from an idea, the, the, the way that you have.
0: Um well, thank you for thinking that it was professional, because I, I kind of feel that it was, it was, it, it, it didn't feel that way at, at, at the beginning.
1: Well, no, um, as you said, you come from a background where a media launch, yeah, you, sure, you, you, you know that, and sure, you, you did that well, but at the same time, it could have been Bob Hawke in front of cameras, sculling yeah. a beer, yeah. and pandering to that perception. There was so much more depth, even even from the beginning to to the brand. There was a professionalism. Um, that it came from your design background? And how do you flesh out an idea into a, a fully conceived brand like that?
0: Um, pretty good question. I think it's there's a there's a, there's a a process like anything else. Um, and, you know, I think it really comes back to the values that you want to represent as a brand or as a business. And we were lucky because we had a figurehead who we were able to kind of learn a lot about and build the brand values around, around him. That's as simple as it was for us in terms of, okay, he, he's a really um, clear sort of um, value pillar um, spread. That for us feels like something that we can put at the forefront of our culture. It doesn't always need to be about Bob Hawke. It could be out of any of our values, whether it's speaking to generosity, whether it's speaking to ambition... Whether it's speaking to the values of inclusivity or whatever it is, that's how brands are built in my point of view. And in terms of the, um, execution around that, it's not so much what you're doing out there in the, in the world. I think it's what you're, it's about what you're doing inside the business that, that speaks the truth. So for us, it was about building a brand, but more, more than that, it was about building a culture. That we felt had real substance to it, and culture isn't beers on a Friday at five p.m. when everyone knocks off. It's how you feel when you come in at nine o'clock in the morning on a Monday. Um, so, really, being able to get clarity um, really early on what what that meant enabled us to. And look, honestly, I I, I don't think for many years we found the consistency that we needed um, as a brand in through the execution of what we were putting out into the market, to be honest. I think when I look at, say, the bolters of the world, they have not changed one bit of what they started with. It, to, to, I'm sure they would argue from the inside uh, in terms of... I'm
1: always minded at the movie set where it looks main street uh, you know, of a western, but then when you look behind it, it's, it's all held together yeah. with uh, yeah, right? props and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the main street we, we needs ad- to look good. We admired the consistency and, and good good branding is about consistency and re-familiarizing everybody every step of the way at every touch point. Um, and we should know that. Um, but we found it really difficult at the beginning to kind of find where our our true north was around around that because I think we probably we probably went a little bit too hard on, on Bob at the beginning. Um and I think over time, what we've realized is, uh, I guess, one of the m- most important thing, if not the most important thing that we have is that agreement with Landcare and a promise to Bob that that's something that we will protect. And that's not a ancillary piece of our business. It's not everything happens and then something spits out the other end and, and we make donations. It's like that is what this is all about. Um And we needed to kind of really, you know, kind of feel—not that we were weren't ever proud of it—but we just needed to do better at articulating that to everybody, and not just a consumer, but our stakeholders, to the people that come in work in our business, and communicating even that to our to our bar staff in the venue now. And that's the reason we're here. We wouldn't have we wouldn't have been able to even get the nod from from Hawkey if if that piece hadn't been in place so
1: but you had it at the start but it sounds like what I'm hearing you talk about is an iterative approach where it's constantly being feedback and reinforced and you know just reconsidering exactly refining that messaging you know every step of the way how, how do you go about that process
0: um it trying to get some distance i think Anybody that's run a, a small business or a startup business or whatever you want to um call it, often finds it difficult to be able to step back and kind of see the big see the issues um, and just get some clarity on on what it is that they that they need to prioritize. I think you spend so much of your time doing everything, spinning so many plates, and you just you're just trying to do a million things every single day um, to the best of your ability. So for David and I, it, it, it it just naturally took time and it actually took a few conversations with with people and, and eventually eventually some research groups to be honest um to come in and tell us what they knew about the brand and what they liked about it and what they didn't like it and what they thought we could do better. Um and you'd be surprised in even just kind of two nights of of, of putting some groups together and and the the, the feedback that you get. Um, and they're telling you something that you already know, but you don't do anything until they've told you. It's really it's strange the way that that works because it's we came out of it feeling like in many ways there was a breakthrough, but it was more just, no, you need to really take that more seriously. You guys really need to um, understand that the, the nucleus of this business is the give-back message, and when people learn about the, not even so much the founder story but the 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 story around Bob establishing Landcare as a movement in 89 and having that foresight to founding co-founding essentially a, a beer company um, down the track and then bringing those two loves together that the penny really drops for people and there's nothing fancy about that that's just a really great beautiful authentic kind of marriage of two things that a lot of Australians love, you know, we love a beer, but we also love our beautiful, precious country. So, without getting worthy about it, it's still about... This is still beer. We're not a bank. Like, it's still about kind of bringing charm and personality and fun. And that's what Bob was about as well, a bit of larrikinism. If we can do that and, and do that um, well and do that better and, and actually s- support it um, with real money and real action... And drive that sustainability mission throughout the rest of our business, then that's what we are. David and yourself were
1: creative directors and you used to do this for other businesses and you, you, when you do that, you're able to be dispassionate, you're not involved in the business. How hard is it to be have that skill set inside the business? Do you outsource some of that and are you a bad client or you know, do you retain that yourself and try and keep that same level of creativity being inside the business? Who's driven all of this?
0: We have a vision, but I think other people that come into the business, whether they're a designer, you know, whether they're an interior designer, um, remind us where the the bar is and they remind us of, of, of what we need to do to be better. So what we do know is that nothing good comes out of just... Working it, by, working it out by yourself. Like we'd be nowhere without, um, we'd be nowhere without the people that that, that have been involved. And um, I feel that we've eventually we've got to the point where we actually start. We're, we're attracting the the more of the right people, and I think the venue experience um, even more so. I think is starting to kind of make crystal clear. Some of the exciting opportunities there are to kind of work um, with us, whether or not that's full time, whether or not that's kind of just as a consultant. So we've, we're just, we're just fortunate. Like we always said, Bob put together one of the best cabinets going around back in the day. um, And that we need to look at that and we need to kind of try and do the same thing where we just get to pull together as many of the best people as we can that understand what we, who we are and why we're doing it and we'll be okay
1: i mean I, I genuinely think that the best expression of this is the bob walk uh, beer and leisure center that we, we can talk a little bit about you know I, I don't want to gloss over the fact that um you know four years in you built a brewery and it's environmentally you know there's so much that we could go into just about the sustainability of the brewery and we might even look at including that in a in, in a panel um and having toured it i can see all of that but in terms of And and that that does feed into the brand. um, It's sure about giving back um, and being mindful of the environment. But when you look at the just opened hospitality side of the business, there is just so much that feeds back into the brand as well. And Mm. to to me, good design is always, you know it's good when you see it. You don't have to understand it. But then when it's explained to you, you instinctively know that that's there. But then some of you are told, of course, you know." I, Mm. I felt that but now I also see it and there is so much about that that it is 80s yeah. Australia um, yeah but it's subtle whilst despite being completely immersive it's still subtle in, in the deaf little touches thank and the details thank
0: you yeah thank you like yeah we it, there's something about like that the, the word retro can kind of make you cringe right like there, there's there's something about like pastiche of the past if it's done um, if it's done the wrong way and yeah, like we had to be really careful with that because it this could have turned into Planet Hollywood,
1: <laughs> uh, it, 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 and that's exactly where, where there's nothing subtle. Um, and you know, well, I, I guess it's immediately clear what this is, but it's thank still you. Yeah, deft.
0: that's really nice to hear. Like, that's that's been r- some of the best feedback has been people coming in and just getting it straight away, and particularly people probably of my age and, 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 and older just un- just appreciating the um the authenticity in design and, and experience and there's some kitsch factors but uh, I, I don't think that there's anything contrived about it. Um and I think every every space in this place is an opportunity to storytell and it's been anyone that's had to build anything um, we'll know that it's not an easy road, and you can you can ask Dave, my business partner, co-founder, who pretty much led the charge on on the the, the building project in, in itself, like how difficult that that was. But you know, there's there's a there's a level of appreciation that that we can see immediately in terms of the level of detail that we've gone to, and like to be honest, it's super it's been as projects can be, like really challenging, but um kind of worth the fight. Like, well, worth There's
1: a, nothing cheap about it because you, you walk in and you immediately identify to, to, to the bar area and you immediately identify with, even though it's the 80s, it was actually what was a bar in the 80s. It was a legacy from a previous time. Yeah, it's, the
0: mid century. Yeah. The mid century. Oh, love, uh, yeah. Well, that that even just goes back to one, it's so Australian. Mm. Um,
1: but it's all original cabinetry and things that you've
0: recreated. Yeah. You've done it with such
1: of... attention to detail and yeah. I'd imagine cost.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, well, we, the cost, the cost part of it's scary in, in the sense of that comes back to having an incredibly supportive board, um, and an incredibly supportive shareholder base that allowed us to express that vision and express that dream as ambitiously as, as appropriately ambitiously as we could. Um, they allowed us to, to, to approach it with no half measures. And I think once, once we got the green light to be able to do that and to be able to sort of flex some creativity and, and also bring some of the best people in terms of design, um, in terms of even kind of an operational viewpoint for, for what we saw this as, um, and given the size of, of the space that we, that we were dealing with, how we needed to treat it a little bit differently than, than I suppose... The tap room that we were probably originally envisioning a couple of years ago. So the opportunity here is is um, you know to kind of fill a room and have three hundred people in here. But to be able to do that, you need you need to be able to treat it a lot differently in in the way that you approach the hospitality side of it. In our opinion, that changed the decisions that we had to make. It changed the We couldn't do food trucks. We had to have our own kitchen.
1: We'll talk about that because there was a fluidity about it. You saw the building, but you thought it was too big um, Mm. because you initially had a taproom mindset with a production brewery and taproom. Yeah. And then you came back to this venue, which was much bigger. So... Once that happened, the hospitality had you couldn't service it with a food truck. Once it becomes a a big hospitality venue,
0: yeah. Well, everything changed. It, it twenty one hundred square meters is is probably twice the size of what we were originally looking at. So it's a completely different type of business. So actually having the architect come in in the early days or the second visit, and and sort of having that sort of epiphany moment of of the brewery the brewery being upstairs on that mezzanine level overlooking. Um, on one side, half of a production floor, and on the other side uh, um, a venue, completely changed um, the outlook. And then, from a commercial point of view, realizing that to be able to support um, a site of this size, you know, we needed to fill this place not just on a weekend, but we need to kind of we need to fill this place seven days a week. Um, so that changes the operational kind of um, outlook as well. So, you're under the pump, you're, 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 you're planning to be under the pump, so therefore you need a kitchen, um, you need a liquor license to be able to hold 300, and you kind of need to resource around it as a venue, and you need to hire a lot of people, so payroll starts to look really scary straight away, but you just need to believe that... Um,
1: but that's all layered, the size of that venue is layered against within 150 200 meters of here you've got three established breweries yep. that aren't slouches either you've got batch you've got stockade, no. and you've got filter yeah and, and
0: that's just as part of the mile of breweries it's exciting though ultimately are they what, as
1: excited as you are
0: I don't know I hope <laughs> I mean I I, I I we're certainly excited to be in Marrickville and yep. and you know I my love for for beer and and for the craft category is has has just been exponential in the last five years, and my liver's probably the worst off for it but it it's so awesome um to be within this community in a place like Marrickville where we've obviously outnumber pubs mm. um but to kind of have such diversity in the offering um if you were to kind of walk through um Marrickville and to be able to have that. Um, you know, batch have been around for, well, I think, is it maybe ten years or even or even longer? It would feel, but
1: it feels like I don't think it's quite
0: literally around the corner. Like, definitely the club, we're almost at the back of mm. of of batch. If you go at the back, you know, to have that sort of level of diversity between mm. kind of what we are, um, and then going up the road to filter who I think have done an amazing job with with their sites. Beautiful, um, like I kind of like that. There is that. We're not – there's something There's something for everybody uh, no matter what and um, the through line for all of that for me that regardless of how you approach it is that ultimately people want to come to where the source is. They want to come to where it's made um, and that's the ultimate romantic side of, of, of being able to visit a brewery and drink there is that's where it's made. So, that doesn't change um, – you know, so that's the that's the sweet that's the that's the sweetness to to what we're able to do, and um, for the first time, apart from maybe standing in a bar and hearing someone order a hawks next to me, which used to be a real nice moment, it's so nice to be able to have that immediate feedback from guests that are coming into our brewery and our venue now, and 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 sort of um, have that kind of next level of, you know, maybe. Recognition, but but also um, maybe the monkey off our back a little bit in terms of the gimmick part of it.
1: Well, you're a brewery, not a brand.
0: Okay? Yeah, exactly. Well, ex- yeah, that 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 divide, you know, that's a that's a battle. Well, not,
1: not that either is better or worse, but there there is something true or more authentic about the stainless steel drinking in the shadow of the brewery as you said
0: yeah um but it's interesting i mean maybe things will maybe things will change i mean you know we we're, we're seeing um you know the better beers of the world and whether or not they will choose to kind of fully adopt um their own operation you know i, I don't think they're obviously it's it's, it's a talky brewing project mm. as well but Maybe the tide is shifting anyway, like maybe there are other ways to kind of build beer companies and, you know, like we always have to keep our minds open and are we all just here to kind of, for the love of beer? Are we all here for the love of kind of how it brings us all together, ultimately?
1: Yeah, and how, how do we how do we create something that does that? Because it doesn't have to be the it doesn't have to be the Brewer same thing. Any, which brings because a, a venue like this doesn't come cheap, um, either the stainless steel or, or or the venue. And you talked about your board being very supportive. Um, tell us a, a little bit about your board and how you went it went about getting um, them on on board um, as you went.
0: Well, originally, I didn't even think we'd need a board. <laughs> we've we've got a we've got a pretty small, but um, you know, obviously really a lot of experience now. We we were fortunate enough to be introduced to Rob Murray. Rob Murray from Former um, Lion CEO, who's our advisory chairman. Bob and Rob knew each other, sat on charity boards together and played the odd game of golf together. So there's some pretty funny stories out of that. You know, having someone of of, of Rob's caliber, particularly on the governance side, as small as we, we were and, and, and ultimately still are, is, is, has been you know pretty mind blowing catch for us but then i think also getting that sort of financial governance um with peter roach um who's um the former fairfax family office looked looked after mm-hmm. that side of things and and incredibly kind of kind and generous and it all get, always goes back to who do you want to have a beer with absolutely have a beer with everybody that sits on our board through to obviously our cfo matt and our um you know, hospitality advisor, James Ingram, who I think, you know, needs to be paid a lot of credit in terms of the the potential of what he saw the actual venue being um, and, you know, bringing to attention that we needed to kind of raise our bar a, a lot higher than maybe what we had originally thought to be able to commercially make it, make it viable, to be honest. And, you know, that the, the commercial expectations drive a lot of the decisions around that it, you could think that it was just about Dave and I trying to have as much fun as possible, but ultimately, it's like you know we've we've got a we've got a big site to to lease, you know, and we need to we need to kind of make that viable. So we yeah the the board's the board's been you know integral to to the last kind of two to three years of of growth for us, and um, I think it was all it was all about for us getting to this point, getting the brewery built getting the venue open and being very patient about our retail expansion. Um, We've been in New South Wales and ACT for the last five years but we've only just dipped our toe in to Queensland and Victoria um, in the last couple of months. It was all about stabilising before we got ahead of ourselves and, and now that we're in this place where we've got this base, now we can start looking at kind of trickling, trickling up and down the the east coast, and being able to do that right with the right people is is was always important.
1: Because you uh, you know alluded to that it's not just you and David having fun; it's a business, and you know it's, it's a fairly heavy hitting board. Um, there's a lot of business behind it. But what is the future of that? You know, I, I guess I'm minded that um, Stone and Wood, for example, we saw them sell last year, and yeah. you know, when that came out, it was kind of well, you know, the, the original founders, mm-hmm. we, we, we all wanted to do different things and, you know, the only way we could do that. So, when you've got a business, when you've got investors, you've got a board, yeah. um, you know, at, at some stage there may be pressure. Was that ever something you had to have a conversation with, Bob, about when you were talking through the business about the what-ifs, you know, what happens if?
0: Um, yeah, funnily enough, a little bit, you know, we spoke about the reality that, um, you know, unless you list unless you unless you go public do you have enough private equity to be able to scale a business to the size of of your promise to the ex prime minister of australia to kind of to go national and to kind of build scale around that mm. um Hawkey just said i'll make make the thing as bloody big as you can because the bigger it gets the more the more landcare benefits um so we don't know what our journey really looks like on that front the reality is it sort of feels like day one again for us The last five years has actually felt like um, a pilot um, phase to get us to now. Um, Only now do we kind of feel we're always a real business, but this has solidified it for us. So the journey from here is can we see success in another state? It's always really difficult because um, states are parochial
1: Porky's a national figure, though. Like it's a it's a brand. Well,
0: we, we believe we believe he is, and we believe that there's authentic, authenticity and and good storytelling to be able to do that. And whether whether or not we need more of these in other states to be able to to be able to solidify um, our presence in in those states, we're not sure yet. But right now, like we're really focused on our expansion into into Queensland um, and down into Vic, um, more of a retail focus than an on prem focus. Um, but you know, like that's that's the next part of the phase for us, where it, anything else is too far down the line. You can have pie in the sky kind of like, what does what does ten years down the track look like? But you know, ask anyone, it's like every single day is a challenge.
1: I will come back to whether. This would be replicable somewhere else without becoming the Hard Rock Cafe. But I I just wanted to um, pick up the the, the chat that you had with Bob and make it as big as you can. If you did, as you said, uh, listing is one option, but if if there was a sale to another entity, would that have to come, you know, is there a structure in place that the giving back, you know, the the land care and all of that, that Mm. the agreement that you had with um, Bob? the former Prime Minister, to licence his name with that going to land care, that that would go in
0: per- yeah, perpetuity? it is. Yeah, that's binding. Okay. So Bob's endorsement agreement with us is an incredibly simple document, but, um, yeah, one of the, the, the key pieces of that is that um, the endorsement agreement is binding um, in perpetuity and that um, we have to always honour um, that, uh, that, that contribution agreement. So, that that, regardless of what happens, it's nice to know that that part of um, that promise and and that piece of his legacy is always going to be preserved.
1: And and again, like I'm not um, suggesting that this is what's going to happen, but you know, with with Rob Murray being a former Lion CEO, say Lion came in and bought it and made it a great northern scale business, that would ultimately just mean even better things for a charity like Landcare.
0: If that were the case, yeah. But we don't uh, yeah. We don't think that's the only way. No. We certainly don't. Um, you know, we're also a beer company that's fronted by the ex-Prime Minister of Australia. Like, wouldn't it be incredible for us to kind of remain, for us to remain independent? And that's the dream, right? Mm. Like to, to keep your independence, um, to have a really great um, registry of shareholders and whether that is a is a is a public thing at some point, who knows? Whether that's an opportunity, but you know, that's I think everybody wants that dream to see their business grow to that point. And for us being so authentically Australian, giving back to an Australian organisation, that's what we want for it, absolutely. Which takes me to the question: Do you think you know?
1: As I said, look, it's a it's a beautiful venue that doesn't ever cross over. Um, in 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 my opinion, to being kitsch or you know overdone, but could you do this somewhere else and keep it as authentic as it with with the same feeling, or would the mere fact of duplicating it somewhere else make it that little bit less?
0: It would. I I I think we've only just scratched the surface. If you if you saw the 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 bottom drawer of of ideas that that are still in the you know that that are still sitting there that that of what this could have been. Um, you know, I think, you know, if you were to if we were to do this again, we could have done it another way. Mm. And as long as it's authentic, then um, you know, I, I definitely think that there's like you said, he's a national figure. If we wanted to tell stories down in down in Melbourne where he had his first seat, we're able to kind of lean into that. Okay. I think that, that would be an exciting addition if that were the case. Um yeah, right now it's it's Right now, it's the, the the biggest challenge is it faces us in the next kind of year year and a two years really, and that's kind of can we expand, um and build build a brand and build some loyalty um into those other markets, yeah that's key for us.
1: Nathan Lennon, thank you for for this conversation and congratulations on five years in business, um, six thank years you. today yeah. since conceiving, yeah exactly. uh, a week since opening the Hawk uh, the Bob Hawk uh, Beer and Leisure Centre, and more importantly, uh, congratulations on the beer because the, the, the beer is ultimately why are here and it's tasting uh, wonderful. So uh, well, congratulations That's, that's for all Brodie,
0: that. That's all Brody and Kieran, but yeah. I was going to we'll, say... We'll, uh, we'll take a pat on the back for them. <laughs> we, 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 yes.
1: uh, well, we've almost done an hour just with you, so I'm glad that we didn't have Brody sitting here because I think we would have taken a whole other hour talking about the beer and some of that side of it. But, yeah. Uh, thank you no, very much for, for, for this conversation.
0: It's a pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me.
1: And that was Nathan Lennon. If you're a listener... Don't forget you can join the conversation on the best discussion group on the internet, the Radio Brews News Facebook group. To join the Facebook group, just search for Radio Brews News in the Facebook search engine and use the word soapbox. If you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out by, if you're a business, sponsoring the show or even taking a business directory listing. You can review us on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcasting service or you can email us at producer at brewsnews.com.au to share your thoughts because after all, Beer is a conversation and thank you for joining this one.